Hi everyone, welcome to our channel. My name is Aura Ogorian. I'm with ACAP Advisors and Accountants, and today we're going to have a subject matter expert come on and talk to us about patents and trademarks and copyrights. And today's subject matter expert is Adam Diamond from Diamond Patent Law. He's going to give us a really good background about all the different ways of doing patents, when is a good time to get a patent, what are the things that you should get patents on, and also how to defend your patent if you do have one. So stay tuned, we have a great show coming up, but in the meantime, remember to subscribe, like, and share our channel. And if there's a topic that you want us to discuss, make sure you to comment below or send us a message. Hi everyone, welcome back. Uh, I, I'm very happy to announce and, uh, and pleased to introduce Adam Diamond from Diamond uh, Law, Patent Law, is that correct? Yes, Diamond right. Patent Law. Uh, Diamond Patent Law, and uh, as you know from time to time, we have subject matter experts come on and talk to us about their expertise and a particular uh, subject that they're uh, familiar with. And today we're gonna talk about intellectual property and patents. And who better to bring on than Adam, who's an expert in this area. Uh, I'm going to get to Adam in a second so he can talk about his bio, but he's got a very interesting background. He is a patent attorney. He also has his PhD as well. So uh, it'd be interesting to see kind of what he talks about and teaches us about patents. So uh, without further ado, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little background and kind of what you do, and then we'll jump right into it. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, you know, I thought when I was growing up that I wanted to be a research scientist. So I actually got my undergraduate degree in molecular and cell biology and still love that kind of stuff. Uh, I ended up getting my PhD in genetics and kind of realized that although I still like science a lot, um, I like to use it in different ways and didn't really want to be a research scientist anymore. So I thought about, what, you know, what can I do that still uses science and technology, but doesn't make me necessarily have that as my, as the typical career. So I decided to go to law school, become a patent attorney. And a lot of uh, patent attorneys are engineers and scientists because you have to have that kind of background to understand the inventions that people are doing. So I went to law school and um, worked at a couple different firms and eventually started up on, on my own about three years ago uh, for at Diamond Patent Law. And then what kind of motivated you to do intellectual property or is it because of your background or did you just have an interest in that area? Yeah, I'd say it's, um, it's kind of, if, if you have a science background, it's almost kind of like expected sometimes that when you're in law school, you'll do intellectual property um, because there's so many areas of, of law that people go into. And it's the only area of law to become a patent attorney that you pass a separate bar exam. And in order to uh, qualify to do that, you actually have to have a science or engineering background. So it really kind of limits the number of people that can do it. And when I went to law school, I just, I went in with an open mind and I figured, uh, you know, if I like it, great. If I don't, I'll do something else. Uh, but I ended up liking uh, intellectual property, so I decided to stick with it. Oh, that's great. I didn't, I, I'd forgotten that you had to take a separate bar exam for the intellectual property rights part. So uh, yep. that's interesting to, to hear again. Um, so tell me, what does an IP attorney do? I mean, what does your day-to-day -day look like? Uh, and actually, before we even do that, what is intellectual property? For some of the people who are watching this and don't know what that entails, first define what intellectual property is and then decide, de describe some of your day-to-day -day, you know, duties. 
Yeah, sure. So I remember uh, growing up hearing about real estate and I was like, why is it called real estate? Like what is real about it? And it's because there are actually two different kinds of property. There's the real property, which are like the physical land. And then there's intellectual property. And these are things that are created in the mind. At least initially they're created in the mind. And there are typically four areas of it. There's patents where you created kind of an invention in your mind, you thought of it. Uh, there's trademarks where you, you invent a logo or a saying or you know, a business name. Uh, there are copyrights, which can be uh, movies, books, artworks, and then there's trade secrets. And these are just kind of business secrets that you kind of keep to yourself. And those are usually considered the four main areas of intellectual property. Uh, some attorneys uh, focus on one particular kind, others uh, are, are more broad, but it's kind of anything that you kind of come up with in your mind that you want to protect. That's what intellectual property is for. Okay, great. Uh, I always wondered what the differences were among the copyrights and patents and trademarks and trade secrets. So I'm glad that you kind of gave us a quick primer on that. Um, so on the intellectual property, how does someone know? Because I think everyone, when you talk to a business owner, they're like, oh, I need to get that patented or I need to get it copyrighted. How does someone really know when the right time is for them to get a patent? Like when, is, is there a right time for someone to know? Is there like a, like a switch that goes off in them or? Yeah, so I mean, usually the earlier, the better. Um, depending on the kind of intellectual property, there might be certain what are called statutory deadlines. And statutory deadline means that if you do it after a certain date, it's too late. Uh, patents are most known for those types of things. But it, it happens much earlier on. If you have um, an idea for a business name, you don't want someone else to come up with a name before you and register it with the trademark office. So you might want to file a trademark application. Um, and also, you know, same with uh, corporate you know, logos, or if you have an invention, we can do things earlier than you've even thought of doing a prototype. Uh, there are pluses and minuses to how early you do it, because if you do it super early, things might change as you go along, and then you're kind of stuck with, okay, I kind of wasted my money doing this early, early version of it, now I need to do it again. So it's a good thing to talk to someone who kind of understands the best time to file things. So that's actually a good point. I mean, if you do it early on, then you realize you have to change it. You have to go through the whole process all over again. You can amend the existing patent or trademark you already have. Um, not usually. I mean, there are things that, that you can do that kind of add on to it that uh, can get a little bit complicated. So oftentimes it's not as expensive as the first time you're doing it. Because if you create an invention and then let's say you, you've changed about 5% of it. Uh, most of the work has already been done. You probably still will need to file another application. So you still have government fees involved in that, but the attorney's not starting from scratch. So uh, it's good to change things, especially if you know that you're going to be changing them because you don't want to get some protection for something that you're not even doing anymore. Right, yeah, that's, good. that's a good point. Um, what about the length of time that a patent is good for? I mean, I've heard there's like these time limits. Is it different for a patent versus a trademark versus a copyright? Yeah, so trademarks in theory can last forever. So what gives you rights in a trademark is you actually using the mark. And there are government fees that will happen at five years and 10 years. And every 10 years, the government wants to make sure you're still using it. Uh, if not, um, then it goes abandoned and other people can start using that mark. For patents, the, typically you will get about 20 years from your earliest filing date. So you file an application, uh, take some time going through the process, and if it get issued, gets issued, you look back and you count 20 years from that first date. Uh, copyrights, um, it depends on how it's done, but generally it's going to be 70 years plus the life of the, of the, of the creator. So if you created something, even after you die, it's another 70 years. So 
for all intents and purposes, you, you get it for an extremely long time that all the use that you see you're going to get out of it. And okay. for trade secrets, oh, go, go ahead, Ara. Oh, no, go ahead. Talk, talk about trade secrets. I'm gonna oh, uh, yeah. Trade, trade <laughs> secrets. I mean, as long as you keep it a secret, it could be a secret forever. I mean, supposedly <laughs> the, the, you know, Coca-Cola, you know, formula uh, is still a secret. Now people kind of could, you know, figure it out um, at least a little bit, you know, there are all these other cola knockoffs. Um, but as long as your secret is a secret, then, you know, it could last forever. If it gets out there, then you don't really have much protection for it. Other people can just copy it. So that's one of the pluses and minuses of trade secrets is when you do a patent, what you do is you have to, you have to disclose to the world, this is my invention, this is how it's done, when the government gives you 20 years protection for it. Um, but you do have to disclose it. So the other option is, is it worth disclosing it or should I just keep it a secret and kind of make money off of my secret by you know, utilizing that? When you said that, I always thought about In-N-Out. I mean, obviously, both of us being from Southern California, I always thought of In-N-Out secret sauce, you know, what that was. And then later, we discovered that it was just Thousand Island. It was not really a secret sauce after all. So. That's right. <laughs> um, now, how long is the process for someone? Let's assume someone wants to get a patent right now, mm-hmm. and they contact you. Obviously, every case is different, but how long does it typically take for a patent? Actually, now, given COVID and, and government shutdowns and everything, what's the typical timeline? So, so there are different timelines that you want to think about. One is how long is it going to take the attorney to file it? And then how long is it going to take, if you do get a patent on it, how long uh, does that typically take? Um, so you or an attorney can always do a rush job. You know, if you want to get something on file, you can get something on file the next day. It's probably going to be pretty bad. Uh, typically for me, I like to have about two months worth of notice because I like to write it. Uh, there are professional people that do professional drawings for patents. I send it to them. Uh, I get it back. I send it to the inventor. Say, hey, this is what we have as a draft. Uh, any corrections? It goes to me. It goes back and forth. So typically, I like to have about two months. Um, you know, I, I could do it faster. It's just, you know, you're just kind of pushing the amount of, of drafts that you want, that you want to get for a, a, a good patent application. Once you file it with the patent office, it depends on, you know, I always, I always hated this as, as a, uh, before I went into law, when you ever ask an attorney something, the answer is always, it depends. And I said, I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to give answers. Uh, but now that I'm an attorney, I'm always like, it depends. Um, typically, it could take you know, one to three years. Two years might be kind of typical. You can't, from once you file it to if it gets issued. You can pay extra money to the patent office to expedite it. Um, typically, it's going to be $1,000 to $2,000. Um, and then if you do that, it's supposed to, the whole thing's supposed to get resolved within 12 months. So you can make it go faster if you want, but I would say typically people are usually kind of shocked when I say, you know, it could take, you know, two, two years before you get a patent on it. Um, that's, you know, cause rough estimates, uh, trademarks about a year if everything goes smoothly. Okay. So before I go to my next question, you brought up something that I didn't know about. There are actually people who are specialized in drawings for patents. Are these just like regular yeah. drawing, uh, drawing artists? Like who, who are these individuals? Yeah, so they are people that, uh, yes, so you have specialized patent drawings. Oftentimes I get something from an inventor who says, um, oh, I don't, you don't need to go to your professional patent draftsman because I have engineering drawings. And the engineering drawings, they're, they're good for engineering, but the patent office has rules about how thick the lines have to be. You have to number <laughs> things in certain ways. The margins have to be certain uh, areas. So oftentimes the people, the patent draftsmen, also do other kinds of drawings. Um, but they know the rules for the patent office and they will take, you know, the engineering drawings that you have and they will make them for, you know, to be a, uh, to be patent specific. 
Are these like licensed individuals? Like do they have to have a certain license? There's no license. No, it's just kind of, and it's hit or miss. You know, there are lots of services out there. If you just type in, you know, patent drawing, you know, company, um, several are there. And I often will look to look at their work and some are, you know, like any type of field, some are just better than others. Because what you don't want to happen is you get an, an objection from the patent examiner saying, hey, you didn't follow, you know, this rule and this rule. And it takes just time and money to go back and fix it. So um, it's good to get your drawings done by a professional, you know, person. Sometimes you see these infomercials or things where it says patent pending. Does that provide you with any kind of protection? So if you like submitted your application and you're like you're you're in year one of a two-year process, is that when you use that patent pending you know logo? And then does it actually provide you with any protections? So as as soon as you get your patent application on file, you can call it patent pending. Um, it doesn't give you any rights to actually sue anyone at that point. You can't send a cease and desist letter saying you have to stop doing this because I have an application on file. Uh, so the, it's called uh, provisional rights. Now, the main thing that you could do when it's patent pending is you could send a letter to someone and say, hey, you know, I have an application on file and this is a warning that if this does issue as a patent, you are going to be, you know, liable for damages, you know, costs, any profits that you made. Mm -hmm. And the thing with a, if you have it patent pending is if you send it to them, like that warning letter, the damages can be calculated back oftentimes to when you sent that letter. So it's still in patent pending stage yeah. and you can get damages all the way back to then, even though it's not an issued patent. So it does give you a little bit of protection there. And also some people just like to file kind of a quick and dirty application to, to call themselves patent pending just as a little bit of a scare tactic. Maybe a few people say, hey, you know, maybe I won't uh, copy this because it is patent pending, even though they can't do anything at that moment illegally to stop you. Um, it might prevent a few people. So it might be worth, you know, a little bit of money to your business just to get something on file to say it's patent pending. Okay. I'm going I'm to give you a real extreme example. Okay. okay. Uh, or uh, illustration. So let's assume that I'm a solo person. I'm tinkering in my garage <clears throat> or in my basement and I come up with this like phenomenal technology that I patent, all right? Uh, and it's something that's gonna like revolutionize, you know, technology and Apple identifies it and says, wow, you know, we need to use this and they end up using it. They infringe my patent right. I'm just a little guy in my basement, you know, trying to go up against someone like Apple. Is that ever gonna, like, will I ever win in a situation like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can win um, and, you know, in, in that type of case, you, if you have a really strong case, you might find attorneys that will take your case on as a percentage of your, of your winnings. Most cases, I've, I've heard that only about, I think it's about 2% of uh, patent lawsuits that are filed actually make it to trial um, because it's in most people's best interest to settle early. If Apple sees that, you know, this is a patent and we're infringing it, they're just going to want to buy it from you. Like they're not going to want to spend like more money on attorneys than they will just to kind of buy your patent off of you. So that, that's typically, you know, how it would work. Okay. Yeah. I was curious about that. Cause you know, when you create a patent, obviously the next step is what do you do if someone infringes it and how do you protect it? So I gave yeah. an extreme example of going up against like a David and Goliath situation where, you know, what are you going to do? And you don't have the, the firepower to go up against a sure. corp like that. So obviously the question on everyone's mind is how much does it cost to like hire someone like you to, to do a patent. So if someone comes to you and says, I got a, I got a great patent, an idea and I want to patent it, how much would it cost them? 
Yeah. So, of course, a lawyerly answer always is, it depends. <laughs> so, let, let me just kind of give you a range. For, for simple things, I would mm -hmm. say, and we're talking about maybe one to two moving parts, um, it might be about $6,500. Um, and I would say, typically, as you get more and more complex, you know, we're getting into complex you know, computer engineering, hardware, software, you know, it might go up to, you know, 12000 or more. If you go to big firms, they're just going to charge you more just because, you know, that's just what big firms do. Um, so oftentimes, sometimes it's worth it uh, to go to a big firm, uh, especially if you have lots of other legal matters involved for your company and they're kind of can handle all the services that you need. Um, other times, you know, you might just have one thing that you want and it might be worth it to go to a medium or a solo practice um, attorney to just kind of get you that one thing. So as a general matter, that, that's for the initial filing. But I always tell people there are going to be costs along the way. And if you're not willing to put in a minimum of about ten thousand um, dollars, you might want to reevaluate like how you're spending your money because you have the filing. Um, Eighty percent or more of the time, there's going to be some kind of rejection, and then we have to decide: okay, is it worth responding to a rejection? It could be rejected for a lot of different reasons. Maybe, um, maybe there's already something exactly there like it, and you're just not going to get a patent on it. Which case we say, okay, you know, we just abandoned it and, um, you know, we go on our ways. Um, other times it might be something to argue against and say, no, this really should get a patent. And that costs money to do. Then once it gets allowed, the government doesn't like to just give you 20 years right off the bat. They want to make sure that you're actually using your invention. So, because if you got a patent and then all of a sudden you're just sitting on it, that's not really benefiting, you know, society at all. So, in the U.S., at least different countries do, do it different ways. In the U.S., you have to pay what's called a maintenance fee, and you have to pay three of these. You have to pay it at the three-and-a-half-year mark, mm -hmm. the seven-and-a-half-year mark, and the 11-and-a-half-year mark. Um, and it starts out kind of low. You know, it might be about 1,000. I don't remember all, all the numbers now. It depends on the size of your company. Uh, and it goes up a little bit for those three times. After you pay that 11 and a half year mark, you're good for the rest of the 20 years. So, you know, and, and the kind of the point is, if you have a patent and after 11 and a half years, you don't even think it's worth like a couple thousand dollars to you, then it's really better for it to go into the public domain. If it's still worth it to you, you know, you just pay a little bit of money and, and you can keep, uh, you know, having that protection. That makes sense. Um, I mean, you, you, when you were talking, it made me think of something else. What if like um, you come up with a patent and then someone overseas uh, copies it and then develops that same thing and then sells it in the U.S.? I mean, is that how do you protect yourself from something like that? Or how do you go after a foreign entity like that? So patent rights are country specific. So you have to get a, a U.S. patent only protects you in the United States. A Chinese patent only protects you in China. One of the things that a patent does, though, is it prevents people from making, using, selling, or importing your invention into the country. Okay. So if you have a U.S. patent, people in China are allowed to do it. You can't stop them. You, but if it, it, they are not allowed to import it into the United States. So you do get some protection. And I often tell people, if you're just a small inventor, um, you, know, you have to decide where you're going to focus your money. Are, if someone is infringing in China, in Europe somewhere, are you really going to go out and spend money on getting Chinese attorneys and you know, European attorneys to fight it? Is that really the best you know, way to spend your money? Or should you just say, you know what, if they copied over there, they copied over there, I'm just going to focus on the US. And I really tell most of my you know, solo inventors, like, it's not worth the fight and the money to try to do stuff overseas. Um, they're going to be exceptions and everyone always thinks that their invention is going to be this, you know, worldwide phenomenon. Um, but you just kind of have to be realistic sometimes and say, you know, what do you want to focus on? Do you want to spend $50,000 on like, you know, good marketing and selling in the U S and getting a successful product here? Or do you want to spend that same amount of money 
you know, overseas and, you know, what's going to happen? You know, you just don't know. So for some people it's worth it. Some people it's not. Um, that's generally, you know, I, I don't advise it generally for this, for the small inventor. Okay. Um, is there anything that we haven't discussed already, Adam, that you think it's worthwhile going over, especially related to intellectual property and patent rights and such? Um, no, I think we cover kind of the basics of, of, of how things work. You know, there, as I mentioned before, you know, people have their different specialty areas, even within patents. Um, there are what's called patent prosecutors and patent litigators. Now you think of prosecution as like criminal stuff and actually patent stuff. It's, uh, that's not the, what the word means. So a prosecutor is someone, what, what I do is we help you get the patent. Um, the litigators are the people that will look for infringing products and file lawsuits. Uh, some places do both. I kind of focus on just getting, just getting the patent and then I work with other firms if there's any litigation involved. Um, and also, you know, there, as I mentioned, some people will just, they just focus on copyrights. They just focus on trademarks. And oftentimes you'll see what's called soft IP versus hard IP. So the hard IP is patents, and that's one where you need is a separate, uh, separate patent bar, separate license to do it. Um, they usually kind of just focus on, on that. And then there's the soft IP, which is trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets, and you don't need any special kind of license to do that except just to be you know, a licensed attorney. Okay. I, I didn't realize that there was actually, and it makes sense. I didn't realize there was an attorney that only litigates the patents and one that only uh, uh, you know, helps you get the patents. So that's good. To yeah. Know. I mean, many, many people do both. Um, it's just uh, what you feel comfortable with. It's hard as a solo person, um, you know, like myself to get involved in litigation where there's expert witnesses and tons of documents. And for me, I've decided at this point, I just want to focus on getting people, pat getting people's patents. And if I expand in the future, you know, it's a possibility, but for right now, I just kind of like getting people patents. That's great. That's great. Well, Adam, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. We're going to have all of your contact information in the comment section below. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, they know exactly how to do it. Uh, really good information. Thank you very much again for, for participating. All right. And let me just say, I do have, um, uh, uh, if you are an inventor and you like, you know, patenting, you want to see the, what the whole process is. I do have a podcast called Patenting for Inventors. You could find it on you know, any of the platforms that you look up. And we'll also put it in the comment section below. All too. right. We'll have that as well. And then if you want to do a shameless plug for your books as well, we can put those on there too. I know you're an author of several books, so we can put those in the uh, comments. Okay. Section. Thank you. Okay.